Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony. Hey. And our co-host, Hector. Hello. Our main topic this week is about Amazon looking to buy MGM Studios and what that means for streaming services. But first, we have all the nerdy news that's fit to discuss. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Our patron-exclusive episode about Final Fantasy VII, uh, the remake, is currently available to listen to right there. Now, with all the introductions out of the way, it's time for the Prelude. Prelude. All right, this is the Prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Uh, Tony, you got your list ready? Uh, yeah, last week we talked a little bit about uh, Utopia mm-hmm. and how I had uh, yeah. picked uh, up, uh, started watching the the newer version. The newer version mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Well, with Hector's recommendation, I've since watched the original two series available and, on Amazon. Yes, all on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, then the I also finished the the, the new version, the new version mm-hmm. but I fell asleep in the last thirty minutes, and I. Don't remember how they're different in the ending of that because <laughs> I had a cat and I was sleeping. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah. She had a very hard week. She's probably thankful yeah, no, for she, it. Yeah. She's been loving the time I've been spending with her, like cuddling. <laughs> but man, cats sitting on your lap put you to sleep when you're trying to pay attention oh, yeah. to a very yeah. in-depth show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But overall, those two shows um, are similar in story, mm-hmm. but they are very different um, in their execution and they are done by essentially the same creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm cool that Amazon kind of updated it. It has the problem or the newest one has the problem of when it came out. It came out during COVID. Yeah, It was the worst time for that series to come out. If you watch it now, you can look at it with a little bit of hindsight like, hey, I mean, a little bit of hindsight, half the world's still fucking dying, yeah. but um, you can at least, with some t- sense it's released, go, oh, okay, I see what they're talking about. These are those people. This is not meant to represent those people, meaning the crazy people are out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not meant to be that show. Right, right. But it's good. I like both of them. Um, so, yeah, Utopia, Amazon Prime, high, you, high how, recommendation. Yeah, yeah. How did you feel about the first season? Did, was it was it everything that I said it was? It is. So the first version, I mean. The first version is faster mm-hmm. than the uh, Amazon series and very good. I mean, they're both kind of over-the-top action-y wise in yeah. certain scenes mm-hmm. and that's to be expected mm-hmm. when one's a remake of the other one. Yeah. Uh, they do those really intense social situations where someone's obviously just bullying people into like lining up to be like abused or killed. And it's, mm-hmm. you literally just watch people do it because they feel threatened. And it's like yeah. really intense oh and God. frustrating, but also like a little too realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's, the show does a great job of that. There's a wonderful scene in the second series mm-hmm. where, um, a one-eyed dude has a gun and he's pointed it at a man who's coming at him very slowly with a wrench, or not a wrench, a uh, crowbar. Mm-hmm. And gun versus crowbar, which one's supposed to win in that fight? Oh, yeah. Definitely, I mean, that's what gun. guns were invented for, people with but crowbars. But when the guy that's <laughs> holding the gun won't pull the trigger and keeps backing down, eventually the guy with the crowbar is going to hit him in the knee, mm-hmm. which happens in that scene. And it just, it slow plays it. That's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, the, the difference is primarily in uh in the first season uh, is how you kind of get there yeah and so it's a, it's a pacing thing mm-hmm. 
and it, it makes more sense. This, no, that's not pacing. It's the, the story, how you get there, the story makes more sense in the American version. Okay. Um, just because they had to get a little bit more, obviously, more years to work with the idea. Right. And there's not a lot of comic culture in the UK. So I think this one was for a more, the newer one was for a more American audience. Mm. And conventions have become so much more bigger thing right. since. Uh, again, and just for anyone who didn't tune in last week, the show centers around basically and you know you feel free to fill in gaps but a comic book that people follow that is kind of predicting the future it's a bit of a conspiracy theory and on the bbc 12 years ago maybe longer i'm really old it came out in 2000 (laughs) the first one was 2013 Okay, so about yeah. ten years ago, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back then in the UK, like there, like the first scene of the show takes place in a comic shop, and it was just kind of like it, it just seemed like like it was a, like it was a comic out, shop on alley. a boardwalk mm-hmm. on like the coast, yeah. And it just looked like a shitty, yeah. It looked like a dive, yeah. Like a place you'd go get a beer, but you can't. You just go get comic books. But the, the American version, the same ish scene thing, opening mm-hmm. scene takes place is more of a comic book convention. Uh, okay, where it's the it's definitely well, a different we rented a hotel then. and we got we made it a most not comic book convention we could possibly get away with legally. Yeah, um, and that's what they made uh, on a for their TV budget. Mm. Okay, but it, it's good. No, watch Utopia. It's fun. Yeah. I get that. It's probably you're never going to be happy with the ending, but I think that's the greatest thing about the show because it's such a comic book that never got finished. Yeah, okay. and the, the fact that I I still haven't seen the new version, but the old series ended. And was never finished. Also, just kind of like I didn't hate the show for it. I just yeah. kind of always wanted more. And then when I got more, I was like, yes. But it's just the same thing again. And maybe the non-ending is intended. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's it's really interesting. Other than that, I watched um, another show that I don't have enough information on, but Army of the Dead on uh, HBO yeah, Max. I did too. Zack Snyder film on Netflix. Yes. No Netflix. Sorry, mm-hmm. HBO Max is the TV show. Yeah, right. Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix. the one he was working on before redoing. The Justice League. Yeah, yeah. there is a... Um, okay, so, yeah, I watched it, too. This is Zack Snyder doing his most Zack Snyderiness. If everyone remembers Six Underground, this was Michael Bay on Netflix, unleashed with all the money he could ever ask for, and everyone was like, that's way too much Michael Bay, gross. Like, and it was. The movie's yeah. a little gross. This is full-on Zack Snyder, but it's Zack Snyder doing the directing, doing the writing, and doing his own director of photography. Yes. He held the camera. Hmm. And so you get all of the Zack Snyderness, and it never like goes overboard into ridiculousness like you get sometimes. It's just, it's just a Zack Snyder movie, kind of the way you watch Three Hundred. I won't say it's as good as Three Hundred, right. but it's very much just a. This is how I want to tell the story because this is the way it makes sense, and okay. I love these angles. The okay. difference between Three Hundred and Army of the Dead for Zack Snyder being comic booky is mm-hmm. Three Hundred was him replicating someone else's work yeah it was very stylized this Mm -hmm. movie is stylized in this is the way you can tell these shots of the comic book panels yeah it like, feels this like is he, straight up so is this is, 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 is this i was gonna say is this based on a property or is this an original story i thought uh, I, it well, is i think it, it is definitely an original story the, uh, the, the 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 premise of the movie is that there was a small zombie apocalypse that only took place in las vegas and they put a wall up around it mm-hmm. yeah now everyone and now the the united states is ready to move on and with their lives and we just we quarantined vegas we put up a big wall of like storage containers around it mm-hmm. and we're gonna nuke it in like you know uh, like 48 hours mm-hmm. and then a bunch of people are like there's a lot of money in there we gotta escape from new york to this we gotta go in there and grab all that cash before right. it gets nuked mm-hmm. um there's a lot of cash in there that didn't make it out guys mm-hmm. so it becomes a heist movie a vegas vault heist movie but also a zombie movie 
So I love this. This is very good. high action. Dave Bautista is great. All the actors are great. It does some really interesting things with zombies. A little bit of a um, a Will Smith movie. I am Legend. Okay. A little bit of an I am Legend vibe in that, like you know, the zombies evolve. The, the zombies okay. are more than zombies. Yeah, my in first some cases. And only note for the for the movie was dumb zombie uh, clicking sounds, <laughs> so, which is just at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Did, Spoiler uh, for the zombies develop their own language, kind of. Right. Yeah. Very, very, very Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Last of Us. Yeah. And it's making this dumb sound, and I'm like, God, that's fucking irritating because humans can't make that sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, yeah. it's part of the fucking plot line. Yeah. yeah. And he had a bunch of fun making a movie. You can tell, like, when they open the vault. This that was a COVID movie. Yeah. When they open the vault, they're supposed to be heisting. There's just tons of cash, like wall to wall, like you would normally notice in a big Vegas vault in a movie. Mm-hmm. And in the corner on a shelf, is all the film reels for the Snyder cut of Justice League. Wow. Yeah. They don't like zoom in on it or anything. Oh, you can there? just see them there. And those are fucking film canisters. <laughs> and on Twitter, someone was like, yeah, I zoomed in. They all say Justice League, the Snyder cut. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. All right, Hector, what'd you do this week? All right. So mine's going to be a tiny bit complicated. So I'm sorry we spent so much time on the other ones. And that's just because I have to describe a game to you. Played a couple of interesting games this week. I'll start with a complicated one. It's called Maquette. Okay. Maquette is a kind of diorama that people build with a lot of moving parts in the same way you would build a, you know, ventriloquist dummy Mm -hmm. or a puppet. Lots of little moving bits that tell the story of the thing that you made. In this game, you happen upon a um, kind of like a town square, right? Mm -hmm. And there are buildings on the four sides of it. And in the center, there's a gazebo. And this is just how the game starts. When you walk into the gazebo, you see a tiny scale model of exactly what's around the gazebo. It, it's the town, or mm. it, the town in air quotes. It's, you know, four little structures um, moving out from the gazebo. And you're like, oh, that's an exact replication of what I'm looking at up here. Mm. So the first thing you do is you walk up to one of the doors and some of the story text scrolls across the screen explaining to you what the story that they're trying to tell. Not the game. They never explain to you the game. They never explain to you any puzzles. They just give you this uh, really sweet story about this couple who is just meeting. Mm -hmm. And you notice that there is a strange um, symbol on one of the doors and you're like, hmm. Okay, I thought I saw something like that inside the diorama of the town. So you walk back into the gazebo, look at the diorama, and there resting on the floor is a little gem. Mm -hmm. And so you take it, and it's very small, and you look at it, and you're like, okay, cool. So this is supposed to be uh, a key to that, but it's far too small. So you put it back, and then you walk out behind you, and there it is. That same thing that you just put down in the same space in the diorama that you just put it down in. Mm. But now it's much, much bigger. As if a giant had just set it down in the diorama. Mm. And now you can go and pick it up and be like, oh, this is the right size. So you take it into one of the structures, solve the puzzles, come back out, and you find a key. And there's a key and you're like, oh, key, there's a lock. Oh my God, this key is far too big. What do I do? (laughs) So you put it in the diorama and you look around. No, 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 you put it down on the floor because the key's far too big. You walk back to the diorama and you pick it up out of the diorama because now it's smaller. Hmm. So here's what the game is trying to tell you. The things in the diorama are the same things that you are. And then you look up and realize you're inside a giant diorama and you could walk out outside of it and like leave 
the platform that you're on, the table that you're on with the diorama of the town, you can walk outside of that, then a long, like, to you, 50-mile trek outside of the gazebo, if you wanted to, into an even larger version of this world. So you kind of have, like, layers on layers and layers, and the puzzle system is based on taking something, and I guess I need a visual representation, like this Coke can, but I don't need this Coke can right here. I need the giant version. But if I put it in the diorama and turn around of where I am in the diorama, there it is, but it's huge. Mm -hmm. And vice versa. So you solve a lot of puzzles based on size, space, and spatial relation. And it is mind-bending. It wow. is liminal. It, it like makes you think about things in ways that you've never thought about them. And it has a really good job of surprising you with a lot of the puzzles. That um, sounds fantastic. Wonderful game. I really maybe, like puzzle games. This sounds, sounds right on my alley. Maybe five hours long at the most. I think it's very cheap on all the platforms. It was the short game. Yes, it was the it was free on the PlayStation Network this last month. I think you can still get it until like June fifth mm-hmm. if you have a PlayStation. It is a lot of fun. Okay, I was give it a shot. Great game. The other game I need to talk about um, uh, is Knockout Kings. Knockout Kings is free through this weekend, and I will probably end up buying it when it comes out. Knockout Kings is a dodgeball game. Okay. Um, you can customize your character in all kinds of weird, stupid ways, kind of like uh, Fall Guys or anything like that. Mm. Ton of costume options, and it's like really quirky animation. Everyone's face looks a little dumb, mm-hmm. but you can like give them like red, pink, or green hair, put them in a leather coat or like a cool outfit, maybe a Spider-Man costume in the future. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do all kinds of stuff. But the thing of the game is the mechanics. You can throw. You can throw high to low. You can throw round wide, and like these are your throws. You can also catch a ball. You can also pass the ball. You can also pass a ball to someone who already has a ball and charge your ball. Balls charge. The harder your ball is charged, the faster it throws. Now, sometimes a non-charge throw, a slow throw, is even better. But you're going to be playing a lot of balls. My crew that I formed in the game is called Ball Fondlers. Just to get all of that out of everyone's system right now. Good, good. Lots of balls involved. But anyway, it's a dodgeball game. The mechanics are insane. I could see this game, this tiny, stupid game. This type of game usually disappears in a week. Any kind of Fallout guy's clone disappears immediately. This game has legs. It is lasting. It's been around for about a month already. Mm -hmm. And more people are joining now. Do you see it having like Rocket League style? I could see it. I would enjoy watching it more than I would enjoy watching watching Rocket League okay, because it is incredibly skill-based and more so it is a mental game where not only are you playing the game against a person, but you are both strategizing while you're not playing against each other and you can see what's going on in your opponent's head mm. while you play against them. Because also, Much like a fighting game. Yes. Also, instead of throwing the ball, you can fake a throw. Mm. It's dodgeball after And all. that freaks people out. And if you fake a throw and they try and catch, there's a cooldown before they can catch again and you can nail them. You can pass to a friend and he might throw it from behind them. You can throw a ball at someone and if they dash, their head will bonk against the ball and they will not be out. It will just reject the ball back. There's a lot of ways to get out of being hit by a ball. And there's a lot of ways to nail people with a ball. The stages, I've never heard somebody talk so passionately about dodgeball. It is dodgeball. so good because it's a dodgeball game. It should be dirt, stupid, and simple. And I've played a lot of 2D top-down like volleyball and dodgeball sure, games sure. in my life for it to not matter. This is the 3D dodgeball game of everyone's dreams, I swear. And if I could get the two of you to play with me today, you would be screaming about this game from the rooftops, I swear to God. Okay. It is well-made, it is a lot of fun, and I the more people who play it, the better. Again, if you can get it, it's free on pretty much everything. You can get it on Steam, you can get it on Epic, you can get mm. it through EA. 
for free through the end of the weekend. Try it. Okay. Try it. Good recommendation. It's free on Steam. Uh, mm. We need to wrap this whole thing up, but real quick, we did watch one episode of something we can briefly talk yeah. about just together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all watched the first episode of Modoc yeah. on Hulu. Yeah, Modoc. Pat Oswald playing the uh, titular character for that. Uh, this was the role that he's always wanted in Marvel. Mm-hmm. He always said that, I, that if I had to play one character in Marvel, I want to yeah. play Modoc. Because he's always wanted to be in Marvel. Always, but but like but he was in, he was in Shield. Yeah, and he was in Shield, and he talked about um, he talked about Marvel a lot in his like stupid bit role in Parks and Rec. Then he talked about Star Wars. Then he talked about them both being bought by Disney and how they could combine universes if they wanted to. <laughs> it was super awesome, nerdy. But like, yeah, hearing that he always wanted to play Modok really warms my heart. Uh, we only watched the first episode, so we don't yeah. have to spend too much time on it. Just real quick, uh, early impressions. Hilarious. Hmm. Um. Some of the jokes were a little bit of a miss, but overall, I really enjoyed the character. I enjoyed everything that was going on in the world. And, I mean, you guys were next to me. I laughed a lot. Yeah. It was a funny show. What did you think, Danny? Um, It's definitely a show that I will think is funny, like, while I'm watching it. And afterwards, we'll go... That show's sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of weirdness to that. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of sad so, to so, it. So, Modoc is a little bit of a... Um, mm. I mean, he's he's always been kind of a joke, right? Yep. But when the character himself in the show knows he's a joke, it gets a little sad. And that's kind of what they're going for. It's not... I don't want to compare it to BoJack Horseman. That's far too sad. The show isn't going right. there. But it's very much a... This is a comedy show, but because it's so bright and colorful, we can make it a little sad and not make you want to kill yourself or cry or anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't think it is near as funny as some of the other shows that are out. Sure. But... It's 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 funny. The jokes are very well written. Yeah. You know what it is? They just though? unfortunately don't make me really laugh out loud. Yeah. What it is though though is it is our first full I mean correct me if I'm wrong, our first full comedy um show in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Like like we have not done this before. This is brand new territory. Yeah. And there's a lot well, of characters like the animation stuff. And I can I would consider this cuz it's done by Robot Chicken. They are an animation studio. Oh, sure. But, I mean, Robot Chicken, you know, putting an Iron Man or a Superman in their show is not... In, I, 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 get, I get where you're going with it. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, watch a, we'll watch some more episodes and kind of report back after we had a chance oh, yeah. to watch a little bit more. That's everything that we have for The Prelude. We're going to take a small break. And when we come back, we'll be going into our main news segment in the Weekly Raid. Yeah. Weekly Raid. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is the Weekly Raid, our news roundup for the week. First up, I wanted to put in some feel-good news. Howard University is naming its newly re-established College of Performing and Visual Arts after Chadwick Boseman, an alum of the university. Fucking love it. Nice. Yes. It's so good. Yes, absolutely. Um, I can't wait. For an artist to graduate from there based on some like fan art they do of like Back Panther or anything Chadwick Boseman ever did mm-hmm. should be awesome. Yeah, it'll be absolutely amazing. All right, let's move over to the world of horror because a reimagining of Hellraiser, simply called Pinhead, is coming to Hulu. The team behind the film festival hit Nighthouse with the director of VHS and Southbound will be working on this project. Now, this is a separate project from the Hellraiser series that is being worked for uh, worked on for HBO Max alongside author Clive Barker. Okay. Yep. Do too many do, do do too many people own this or is it public domain or wh- why is this happening? Uh there are a lot of complicated rights to the Hellraiser franchise. I believe most of them Clive Barker got back recently due to 
statute of limitations or something like that. Is this a Hellraiser versus Pinhead thing? Is this like, uh, like you like we own Marvel, but but you own Spider? I I don't think so. Um, I think that what we're going to be getting is a series or this movie for Hulu called Pinhead. Mm -hmm. We do not know if Clyde Barker is working on this. Whereas Mm -hmm. the HBO Max series, while we don't know a ton about it, seems that because it's a Hellraiser series, may not focus specifically on Pinhead, especially because Clyde Barker's a little... Kind of done with Pinhead. Kind of fed up with Pinhead. Because he was like... He kind of was done with Pinhead after the short story, so... Yeah. (laughs) He was... Because the the Hell Priest, a.k.a. Pinhead, Mm -hmm. was never meant to be the title character. He just stood out in the movie. He just stood out and He was too visually iconic. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, he was. So let's keep that horror train rolling. We knew that there was a new Evil Dead movie in the works. Now we know that it's called Evil Dead Rise. It will be produced by Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. And we found out this week it's going to be released straight to HBO Max and is going to be built off the original trilogy. Uh, The premise of it is essentially uh, two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of the demons. I am so fucking sick of this shit. I'm, I can't fucking do any more Sam Raimi, Army of Darkness, Bruce Campbell bullshit. It's bad. The show is fucking awful. It, the jokes don't land. I'm sorry. It's not good anymore. Fucking quit it, guys. Let it go. So I feel like um, them being producers and not actively playing a role in the... Um Screen space will mm-hmm. probably help a lot. Right, right. With whoever has a vision for this, so I'm willing to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. The last few seasons of, uh, what was it, Army of Dark? No, no. What Ash vs. Evil, 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 Evil Dead were too much. It was far so too much. So I started Ash vs. Evil Dead and really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then first I got, two seasons I loved. And then I got it midway through it, and I'm, like, I'm kind of done. Mm-hmm. But I will say, the two-part finale, mm-hmm. which was essentially them making an Evil Dead movie, because yeah. they knew the show was ending. Like, all right, we got two episodes. Let's make an Evil Dead movie. And, like, it, it worked. It hit cool. it, it hit all everything. I'm like, this is old mm-hmm. Sam Raimi that I really loved. Yeah. I'm really glad. But I agree, by doing this as a... By having them in producing roles and not an active participant in it, mm-hmm. um, this will let these new main characters stand out. Because the problem with Evil Dead o- over time right mm-hmm. was the ash problem yeah right the ash problem is the the bruce campbell he, he's problem pinhead. He, he's too yeah. iconic he's too iconic you know, fucking there, chainsaw there's a reason why in the best evil dead movie which was not produced by sam raimi <laughs> um there's a stupid two second clip after the credits of bruce campbell saying groovy yeah. and it has nothing to do with the movie there's no lead up to what that means it was just a thing that they put in there for the fans and like everybody flipped their shit about it i'm like mm-hmm. but you just took away from like the greatest evil dead movie like fede alvarez gave us the darkest most like i don't understand why it can't be part of that universe as well because if you're going to go we're just going to go to the exact same fucking cabin well, you did that in the other one called Evil Dead, which was the remake of well, Evil Dead Two was the remake of the other Evil Dead, which is part of your trilogy. So you can't like have two movies also. So wait, three movies called Evil Dead. No, and now I'm just confused because it's fucking dumb. It's a cabin with monsters in it. Why can't the other one also be part of it? I just, I'm just kind of annoyed with sure. the franchise at this point. No, I, I'm right like, there with you, man. Like uh, we. Because it's a haunted cabin in yeah. the woods, like we've done more movies like this that Ash's are. Ash's car was good. in the newest no, no, one. I, I, yeah. I, I, like, so, so, like, we had, we had Evil Dead, we had Evil Dead 2, which was a remake, we had the Fetty Alvarez one, which was another remake, which is great. And everything other than that kind of falls into this weird, trying way too hard to be a B movie stick, whereas. 
we have movies like Cabin in the Woods. We have movies like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. We have movies where they take the haunted cabin in the woods and completely flip it on its head mm-hmm. and do fun stuff with it. Do more of that. Right, right. Like, like you can you can make a, an Evil Dead movie without making it Evil Dead. So there's this whole kind of like... That's what I'm worried there, there's about. There's this whole question that's being asked kind of in the fandom of horror right now when we talk about a new Scream movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's there, all right, we're doing a new Scream movie. A bunch of the cast members are coming back. Mm-hmm we can't just repeat the past, right? Right. You can't do that because scream is always about refreshing and updating for the modern era. And if you just try and redo it, then, oh, yeah. then it's done. Right. Everyone didn't have cell phones when the first scream movie right. came out. Right. And so now we have this problem when it comes to the evil dead that we're like, we've seen it. It's been done. There's been several movies. Some of them were good. Some of them were mm-hmm. bad. Evil dead has to update itself for a modern era. And I, I want to have the faith that Sam Raimi can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we will see. Sam Raimi has been at times a wonderful director and at times um, kind of phoned it in. Sometimes he's firing on all cylinders. The same thing happens with, I think, every director. I I hope he does something good. I just I'm not not counting on it when it comes to this property, especially. So also this week, we found out that John Steinbeck and yes, the of mice and men and grapes of wrath, John Steinbeck, Steinbeck actually wrote a werewolf murder mystery novel back in 1930. The plot is quoted as this. Set in a fictional Californian coastal town, Murder at the Full Moon tells the story of a community gripped by fear after a series of gruesome murders takes place under a full moon. Investigators fear that a supernatural monster has emerged from nearby marshes. Uh, Its characters include a cub reporter, a mysterious man who runs a local gun club, and an eccentric amateur sleuth who sets out to solve the crime using techniques based on his obsession with pulp detective fiction. The book was originally rejected for publication back then, and as of right now, the Steinbeck estate does not plan on releasing the book. I wonder why. Both of the... Come on. Like, this is... This is dude in his fucking like 20s crazy i'm fucking drunk as shit probably coked up fucking i'm gonna write a werewolf novel and it was not good i just love the idea that steinbeck had like werewolf fan fiction that he wrote like Like, i have to be honest it's not good it's not good like these steinbecks they're like no you don't want to read this the entire internet's like we want to read this and they're like you really don't (laughs) he wrote of mice of men and grapes of wrath can we just leave his legacy at that yeah like we can don't <laughs> oh man! But I, I feel like that humanizes him in a way for me, right? Like, oh, I, like yeah. I, I know that uh, I've read a ton of uh, Stephen King's on writing is one of my favorite books. I pick it up several mm-hmm. times a year as somebody who pra- tries to practice the craft of writing when I can. Um, you know, uh, I, I obsessively read it, and in on writing, he talks a lot about rejection and how much he got rejected at the very beginning and all of those things. Um, and that humanizes Stephen King because right now he's larger than life, right? Mm-hmm. He's like the man who not only created this amazing universe, but now as a child to carry on said universe. Yeah, like, he, he writes a, like a legacy. He, he writes like a dynasty. He yeah. writes like fucking Alexander Hamilton. Like he's running out of time. But it's like, insane. But we have context for Stephen King. He's told us those stories of mm-hmm. I've gotten rejected. He's, he's humanized himself for us. Steinbeck lives in this bubble of its time where the, all these amazing authors great happen. literary he's a, the, one of the great yeah. literary minds yeah. of American history he wrote the fucking great American novel yeah well, right. we talk about the classics like yeah. those yeah. are some of and his for, books which is one of the questions I wanted to bring up was not having access to the author's full cat- catalog of work mm-hmm. is that important to us as fans of books that in a state can I mean outside of you know we, we recently with 
Dr. Seuss was like, yeah, we're going to stop publishing that because it's like really racist. Yeah. But also having books that are like, yeah, this is the er- author's earlier works. We don't want you to have access to this. I respect the Steinbeck's uh, estate to say like, maybe we don't. Mm-hmm. But it's just so fucking wacky that I'm like, yeah, like, yeah it's it's too not it's too strange to not put out there. Right. So I, I understand their hesitation. I mean, we. I mean, if they came out and said like, look, this werewolf says the n word a lot, yeah, I'd be like, no, yeah, no, oh, I get okay. it, See, yeah. I get it, and that's what I'm worried about. Like, we don't know what the story is like. We don't know how embarrassed by it there are. Right. Me personally, as a fan of horror. I have never met a werewolf movie that I've enjoyed for any real reason. Sure. Anytime I see a werewolf in a movie, I'm usually just kind of okay werewolf with it because there are vampires buried nearby, or it's just goofy as shit. Werewolf I'm sorry, I've sh- never been scared by a werewolf. I know. Well, yeah, American Werewolf in London and, and American Werewolf in Paris are still have that goofy element to them. Yeah. yeah, and I dig like even the really gritty ones. If you do like, what was that show? Um, we watched it on Netflix with the weird vampires. Um, Famke Jensen. Uh, was in it. Oh, that was one of the first. Uh, one of Netflix the very series. first Netflix shows. Um, um, yeah. Oh, it'll be hard to remember. But anyway. Not Penny the, Dreadful. Not Penny Dreadful. But anyway, in the Her- show, the, there were werewolves. And they had these super graphic, super oh. long, like, transformations. And mm. they, like, ate the, like, aftermath of their transformation as their flesh oh, fell I, off of them. Oh, oh, uh, You know what I'm fuck, talking yes, about? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, fuck, yes. I know. I can't, I can't name it now. So, so they made that show, like, like, let's make, like, serious werewolves. And I watched it, and I was like, still don't care. Yeah, it's a wolf. Yeah, I know. Like, like it's a big wolf. Like, mm. I'm just not. I that was the care. werewolf thing that I really liked about that show, though. Um, God, I can't remember the name of it. It's drive. <laughs> I'm it's trying really hard. Don't have hero. my phone. I can't Google. Yeah, yeah so. the, the, y'all. Look, uh, I, I will try just because. Yeah, I, I, the werewolves had to eat their own skin. Like whenever yeah. they transformed, mm-hmm. their like skin would rip off of them, mm-hmm. and they would eat their own flesh. Yep. And, like so. And I was like, that's fucking cool as shit because that's exactly what we'd have. Like they'd be like, oh, food. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's. I love that their transformation sequence in that show was. But I get it. Werewolves, so werewolves are a hard sell, and like, but but just there's this part of me that's just like, but Steinbeck wrote about werewolves, and it's probably so campy and cheesy because werewolves are kind of campy. Werewolf and who's like a detective. Mm-hmm. We don't know if the werewolf's a detective. <laughs> it's a werewolf detective. You know it's a werewolf detective. <laughs> the show was called Hemlock Grove. That's it. it. That's H-word. why we can't remember it because it's impossible to remember. <laughs> How am I supposed to remember that name? Netflix. Okay, let's move on from Steinbeck. It was, like an, it was early Netflix first show. It was one show. of their first yeah, it shows. Was, it was yeah. like right after um, uh, the, the political one. And it was based Kevin on a series of books yeah. that we've obviously yeah. never read. No. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so there's a new Phantom of the Opera movie in the works. Okay. Uh, this time it's simply called Phantom. Okay. Uh, the crew behind it are saying that it's a psychological horror slash thriller uh, with a kind of black swan and misery uh, feel. Um, it will, so the story of Phantom of the Opera? Right. They're taking from the original book. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said that it's going to be, however, this is the more controversial thing, I think. Are but they this adding is in the your, characters? These that... are y'all's opinions. It will be a contemporary version of the story, mm-hmm. incorporate contemporary themes, and a new musical soundtrack drawing from some of the biggest recording talent. They say that it will be much scarier. It will go back to the horror suspense roots that were in the book. I'll tell you who this is going to piss off. Lindsay, Lindsay Ellis. <laughs> well, yeah, Lindsay Ellis. Well, no, I was going to say, she has a great thing explaining the entirety of... The reason this will piss off, Lin- piss off Lindsay Ellis is because this is going to piss off fans of musicals, yeah, i.e. Yeah. two thumbs pointing at me. Yes, also the me. reason for this... Is because if they're going to redo all the music and make it a horror thing and not a musical, I don't know why I'm going to watch it. Hmm. Like, when you break the story down, 
like with most musicals. When you break the story down to people not singing, it goes by real fast and it's real simple and it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. The it takes... story's fucking dumb. The story of Phantom of the Opera is fucking not good. Right. So, well, and I mean, well, I wouldn't Broadway say it's not one. good, but the, the plot makes no sense because people don't behave that way. That's why Phantom... I, to me, never really worked as a horror anything. Mm. It works with the music so I can understand what everyone's feeling and their point of right, view. Right, right. Maybe this will be different, but mm. and I am a huge fan of Phantom. Mm. Um, I mean, I love Phantom. Yeah. But I mm, I don't know. I, I am... How do you uh, feel about the contemporary setting, though? That's, that's the, hard. That's... that's hard because the Phantom, uh, 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 spoilers for, I don't know, a thousand-year-old musical, um, mm. the Phantom is disabled. In a very real way. And portraying a disabled person who lives in an opera house as a phantom seems problematic today. Mm -hmm. uh, he just kind of works there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Easy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. Making it contemporary could make it very interesting. Okay. It could help us explore, you know, the, the, the character. Maybe even make them like the front, like front and center of the story. Mm. That would be very interesting. Getting a, make, maybe he seems a little more sympathetic this yeah. go around and a little less like rapey. Hopefully, way less. I'm really rapey hoping that the actress, whatever, is actually the evil villain because the idea of having a essentially disabled person who has been kind of shit on their entire fucking life and has been relegated to living in a fucking dark hole in the ground, which is. Yeah, it's what they've pretty, done pretty to this person. Yeah. They've done it. And then, like, things. she calls the cops on him because he tells her to put a leash on her dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, and then she's the villain. <laughs> all right, well, it's, so it's the he, I, the idea of having another one of those yeah. movies where we were just going to go and have the oh, the person who looks weird and is obviously the re the reject of right. society is the bad guy. We rejected him yeah. for a reason, guys. Yeah, the, there's like, a reason no one remakes the Elephant Man, right? Yeah, like it's too well, sad. It's so, <laughs> speaking of remakes, by the way, uh, the director of John Wick has announced a new project this week. Yes. This time it's going to be a new Highlander movie, and it's going to be starring Henry Cavill. There have been no details on the project announced as of yet. We don't know if it's going to be a remake, a reimagining, a reboot, whatever, but we got director of John Wick and Henry Cavill, Highlander. He will probably have his shirt off and have swords. That is all the details I need. Mm -hmm. Literally, uh, Henry Cavill is going to be... Out there, just in the highlands, trying to avoid people, trying to be the only one, and he's probably going to cut someone's head off in the movie. And we'll probably and I'm sure. already let's, buying a ticket let's right kind of, now. Ninety-nine percent of the plot is cutting people's heads off. Mm -hmm. that, that's the point. The, of what, the, the one, the other one percent is, but they're space aliens and they came to Earth to do no, it. No, we, we, we don't. don't we, we don't yeah, talk we about that, that part. We, we yeah. don't talk at all about anything that's not like <laughs> weird Celtic dudes with swords. We don't. We, we, we pretend, don't actual plot we of pretend to avoid when they tried to explain Highlanders because we. Well, anytime you explain anything like that, well, there's like seven movies dumb. and like 23 series. That's grossly over. There was one series and it was actually pretty good. Yeah, that's Queen did the opening. In, did yeah. the opening well, it's because theme. they did most of the music for the original soundtrack. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so, to be perfectly honest, I've been a bad nerd and I've completely forgotten that there's an ongoing television series called Pennyworth that's all about Alfred pre taking care of Bruce Wayne. Is that still going it, on? It's still going on, what weirdly. Is that on? Um, I remember you talking about like, it the first it's, time. It's like stars or something something is what it's on like it actually has a decent budget uh well dc apparently thinks this series is doing well enough now that alfred is going to be getting his own comic called pennyworth and it will jump around uh in time between the show so there will be uh, early time at wayne manor then it will flash forward to kind of the older alfred that we know and love mm -hmm. and of course his military career which is a big part of the show right 
Um, this would be really cool if it was on HBO Max where I'd actually watch it. Th- that's what mm. I was just thinking. Yeah. Like, if this is that's where all the DC, DC shit, shit lives. Like, if, if this Put it was on, on HBO Max, I'd watch the first episode tonight because this is a cool concept. But like you said, it's been on like stars or some shit. Yeah. yeah. And so, and yeah. You can't just turn on a streaming service and watch it. We'll talk more about that later. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, J.J. Uh, Abrams opened up this week about the last Star Wars trilogy. Um, it was a pretty bold interview that he did. Uh, I'm going to read you a couple lines from it. And we he can he from said there. the thing that everybody knew that he's right. not supposed to say out loud right. is what he did. He said, having a plan I have learned in some cases the hard way is the most critical thing because otherwise you don't know what you're setting up. You don't know what to emphasize. You don't know the inevitability of the story. You're just as good as your last sequence or your last effect or joke or whatever, but you want to be leading to something inevitable. Essentially, he had hoped there was a better plan in place for the last trilogy than there was. He does know he, that he just rewrote the first movie, right? He just he just redid A New Hope. Yeah, I mean, he, he knows all of that. Look, it, so basically, in the interview, he says, "I it, what everyone heard when they read the interview was, Hey guys, I guess I should have had a plan. Sorry. It's not exactly what he said, but that's what everyone heard. It's like, he admitted it was shitty. Everyone knows it's shitty. There's no way J.J. Abrams doesn't know it's shitty. There's no way he hasn't watched that movie back with all three in a row and been like, oh. Oh. The fact that Disney just changed his last movie digitally this last week kind of states how we're going to move away from whatever the fuck his uh, right. idea was. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, air it's, quote it's, idea. it's just embarrassing on a Disney level to like have the Marvel universe be so meticulously planned out and have everything going for this huge fan base. And a, I don't think even arguably much bigger fan base for star Wars just got like, knocked the fuck over mm-hmm. like, Hey, do you want this bullshit? Oh, here's a good one though. Right, but we like we look was, at yeah. we look at something like Star. I don't want to get into a Star Wars tangent here, yeah. but there was a problem of the quote appeasing the fans, mm-hmm. which was the problem when we got a pretty decent episode eight. Yes, I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. I will die on that hill. Oh God, yes. There's also appeasing and, the pro- uh, producers and the st- uh, stakeholders in the studio. Well, that's who they were all really appeasing. They had those people who were yelling J.J. Need- Abrams. Right. Whenever the studio was going, yeah, so Dave's probably just going to helm all this. Cool. Yeah, let's just let him write everything. We'll get different directors and shit. In the, and they had to go, wait, we just spent how much fucking money on Lucas and we're going to give it to this kid who does cartoons? Right. Yeah. No, we're not. We're going to give it to the guy no. who just did all What do the fans things. want? We need, we, we need more emperors. We need more green lightsabers. Mm. We need... You know, uh, we need some Jedi and we need some Sith. And then that line at and I don't the end have of the, the movie, I, I am all the Jedi. Well, I am all the Sith. And and I don't think an adult wrote that line. Yeah. And like, I, I don't. I had that argument whenever <laughs> you only had like four friends yeah. and you tried to do like all the G.I. Joe shit. And you're like, I got to be five fucking guys. <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the things I didn't have in the news here this week, because it really wasn't news, is that, um, you, you know, uh they changed Dave Filoni's title online to say that he is right. actually like overseeing all of star Wars now. Yeah. And he's like the creative director or something of star Wars. And, and, and we, and we all again. understand that that's what he was doing, but having the title gives him the power to say fucking no to people. Yep. And he got the title after Mandalorian season one though. is going to be right. really, but it's important. been quiet. It hasn't like nobody really knew. 
the reason why they did it then and didn't really blow it out was because so they were like, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna give we're literally giving you the title. You right. get to pay the name and everything. There's a difference between and let you start moving. We'll let into you that. do this, and we're going to announce that this is you. The same thing happened to Neil Druckmann when he started directing The Last of Us Two. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, it was like they didn't make me the director. They said, hey, do you have any ideas? Start working on them. And then when I brought them the thing, they're like, I guess go direct the game. Then you can be the game director in the credits. That's right. basically what happened to Filoni. Yeah. And after success on success on success, yeah. it's just like, here, we brought they, you they, the plaque. Here, we here, updated they, they your... They finally did the publicist hang on, thing. Hang on, let me, move, let me move some of these bags of my money. We got you a plaque. For for being now you're the director of Star yeah. Wars. For now real. we must absolutely consult you yeah. at yeah. all times. We essentially got they paint they finally painted his name on the door. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which is what they should have done two minutes after they fucking gave him the title. Yeah. yeah. All right. So also this week, uh, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan spoke during the uh, during Sony's latest corporate strategy meeting, saying that they have ten uh, film slash television projects in various stages of development based on PlayStation games. So far, the only four that we know about are the Uncharted movie, the Ghost of Tsushima movie, the Twisted Metal TV show, who the Deadpool writers are working on, and the Last of Us TV show. Uh, it was also confirmed that God of War is not one of the projects that's in the works. Good. The game's already a movie. I, I we, we don't need a God of War movie. The, 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 the game Can you think a, of any PlayStation titles off the top of your head that you're just like, I want to see that in movie or TV form? Oh, um, well, it's really hard with video games for the most part. Boy, a journey. Yeah, it's really hard for the most part to like play a really amazing video game and be like, I want, I want to watch this movie. For the most part, I don't have that thought. But and we just watched this. I would fucking die for a Horizon Zero Dawn movie. Yeah, I think that would do a great job towards explaining to people how interesting the story is because mm-hmm. it's incredibly interesting. But again, I don't know. I think it probably work better as a movie than a TV show. I think the budget would be far too high for a TV show a week to week to week. So, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn would be great. Uh, when I think of other PlayStation properties, like... I mean, honestly, Bloodborne. I'm going to throw two two things at you here. Like, all right? Aronofsky, Bloodborne. Yeah, would, would just... <laughs> because it would be as vague as Bloodborne is. Yep. It'd be like you'd still have to interpret the way you have to interpret Bloodborne, but he would like actually like make it that vague and yep. like still make it as fun as Bloodborne is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also probably watch a really great series based on Infamous. Okay, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. That's a good superhero property. When I'm yeah. thinking of Sony first person prop first first uh what Sony First Party first party properties, yes. Yeah. Infamous would be good. Um no Crash Bandicoot, no Ratchet and Clank. Silly. I was actually thinking Maybe about why Jack why, and Dexter is an animated I was actually series. Like, why, Ratchet and Clank they just showed they just, was, it was, they just was released that fucking great game. Oh no, no, yeah. The, they the, had the movie and the new the new game mm-hmm. and engine shit. You could fucking release a car an animated series inside of it because it looks so beautifully amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't see why they're not doing more with that for kids. Yeah, to I mean, go. They I think, there, I think there, there are a couple just... of Ratchet and Clank movies for kids that are like yeah. very like. I'm also just level. not. I don't know yeah. them. Yeah. The, the problem with that fan. is, is that PlayStation over time has grown into not very much a kids console. So the kids games and kids games in air quotes radio games is, are for everybody. Games are for everybody, but the Ratchet and Clank series is aimed at kids and. Just based on how much they cost and how rare they are, not a lot of kids have PlayStations right now. 
Yeah. It's not a PlayStation 5. Uh, also, documents from Sony and uh, Vessor Relations came out this week that seem to confirm that Sony is looking to get more titles onto PC. Yeah. Uh, the only one that was listed that we didn't know of was Uncharted 4 A Thief's End. I would love a lot of people. That would be weird, though. Like, why are we just putting... It's just a controller game. Like, 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 there's no reason for it to be on PC other than it runs faster. And all I've ever wanted yeah. since I played Uncharted 4 was Uncharted 4 at 60 FPS. So, yes, please. Yeah, no, I would love would Uncharted 4 to run. But is Uncharted 4 on the list? Uncharted 4 is the only the one. The only one on the list. Okay. Like, literally, just Uncharted 4 Uncharted through 4. 10. So, we're just going to do any of the other ones yeah. that they've remastered. 1 through 3, those engines are so old and yeah. designed for the PlayStation 3. So, yeah. they might be very, that is, very that is hard true. to adapt. I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't think the fan base is, like, Master Chief level. No, Wanting these to be remade because the... Complete other aside, Microsoft's just updating uh, the original Halo 1 graphic, right. PC graphics up to a new modern standard. Nope. So the Master Chief Collection Halo 1 is going to look even better than it already did because they're like, no, that shit looks 10 years old. We're getting rid of that and they're uh, updating it. I literally just played it. I thought it looked... A l- well, it has that button where you can switch back to the old graphics. Yeah. So playing Halo 1 modern 10 years old and then playing mm. Halo 1 on the Xbox 20, 20 years graphics, old. Th- 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 you're like... You'll be able to- well, they won't More be able to play the day. middle one anymore because right. they're getting rid of that one. Yeah. But you'll be able to see a 20-year gap instead of now yeah. your 10-year gap. And I'm all for that. But Uncharted yeah. 4, if I play it right now on PlayStation 5, looks like a modern game. It looks mm. like a game that released last week. Right. It is a gorgeous game. And it doesn't have a 60 FPS upgrade or anything. It just looks amazing. Oh, so I was hoping that they were going to do that. For they that. haven't done it yet. They just did The Last of Us Part 2. They haven't done Uncharted Okay, yet. so they haven't announce the, right. the future right. slate of But upgrades. with Uncharted 4 on PC, that is a fantastic game top to bottom. That is an epic adventure you can go on at any time. It has a wonderful beginning, a wonderful end. It's gorgeous. It's one I haven't played. I would recommend it to anyone, and soon I'll be able to. Because it's on PC? Because it'll be on PC. Yeah. And so, you don't yeah. need your saves from your other games because nah. it's the same it's plot. A very, the, those games don't transfer <laughs> saves between games. It's all because, just Nathan Drake. Because it's a singular Yeah, it's just, guess what no... Nathan Drake did this week? Yeah, there, you, there were mountains and like valleys and oceans. You didn't unlock something cool that nobody else got. It's the same story he everyone else got. a lot of tombs, to be honest. <laughs> and finally this week, Jack Schaefer, who is the head writer on WandaVision, has signed a three-year overall television deal with Marvel Studios and 20th Television. Mm-hmm. The only part of the deal that was released um, that was released said that those Marvel projects that she works on for Marvel uh, will come to Disney Plus and anything worked on for 20th Television will uh, release on quote all platforms. I mean, okay. great. I give give her more work. Yes. Mm. Uh, great. I, I love how vague they were with like we didn't hire her to work on a thing. We just hired her because I mean, we, we like her writing because <laughs> WandaVision was goddamn amazing. Yeah, basically that's what nobody, happened. Nobody could have made a show about Wanda and Vision that was for shit, but somehow they did. And I watched it twice and once with my mom and my fucking mom liked it, guys. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes. Come on. She gave us that memory is mold. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's a very important takeaway from WandaVision because that's my memory of it. <laughs> and what is grief rather than love persevering? Yeah, Favorite that line from fucking the show. line like that will live on in like the annals of television and movie history. Just how good that is, yeah. because that was the one that it hit. Very good and like the line. day afterwards, everybody was just like, "Fuck, God damn it! I need to post this on Facebook like, right now." Fuck, how did that thing just hit me right there? Yeah. All right, that's everything that we have for the weekly raid. But stick with us because we have a lot to discuss in the boss room. 
Boss Room. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is the Boss Room, our main discussion for the show. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. Okay, so this week we need to talk about streaming once again. Mm -hmm. So last week we talked about the AT&T deal to combine Warner Media's division with their rival company, Discovery, to create a, quote, premier standalone global entertainment company. This deal would include things like the Warner Brothers gaming division and streaming services like HBO Max. Now, this week, Amazon is looking to acquire MGM Studios for about $9 billion. Mm. This would give Amazon access to 4,000 movie titles, roughly, uh, including things like James Bond, uh, Rocky, and The Hobbit, um, as well as about 17,000 17, hours of television programming. This would be the second largest purchase that Amazon has made, with Whole Foods being the first for about $14 billion back in 2017. Now, one of the things that's important to note about this whole deal is that currently on the market, MGM is valued for only about half of what Amazon is offering, Mm -hmm. which brings us to our main topic, what I'm calling super streaming services. Now, it's obvious that the, hey, let's create a new streaming service idea of the past has failed. Yeah. So what we are are seeing now is larger companies buying other services and integrating them into their services. Now, this could be both a good thing and a bad thing, and that's what we're here to talk about. So we have the facts in front of us. Panel, why don't we go ahead? So, okay, yeah. Why would you buy a streaming service for almost double what it is worth? I mean, we have all talked multiple times on this show about how there is a lot of great stuff on Amazon Video. But we yep. all keep forgetting about it and not watching it. And yep. I don't know what the reason for that is. We haven't quite put our finger on it. But for some reason, unless it's like The Boys or now Invincible, mm-hmm. it's really easy for us to in, to ignore Amazon. I, I forget the fact my first love was Man in the High Castle. Yeah, yeah. I watched it and I was done. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that was Amazon. Yeah, I, there are two seasons of Man in the High Castle I haven't watched. And I loved it's the so first good. season. Yeah. I, I actually realized uh, that Man in the High Castle was um, Jeremy Clarkson's show. Everybody mm-hmm. from... The uh, Top Gear came to Amazon yeah. whenever they and they got to do their own shows. So mm-hmm. you have um, James May getting to do his own thing. You have uh, Richard Hammond getting to do his, mm-hmm. and then Jeremy Clarkson, being a racist piece of shit, uh, got to just watch what he wanted the future to be, which is having Hitler win. Yeah, and, well, and it done, was it was based on a, it book was a joke that y'all <laughs> didn't get because you don't know about Jeremy Clarkson. N- no, nope, no, 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 not familiar. Sorry. People in England that we have listeners, they got it. Oh, okay. thanks, England. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, yeah, I mean, we it's great to have more content come to uh, Amazon Prime because they really are killing it. Some of my favorite shows, and even though I watch it so little, some of my favorite shows of, you know, the last half of the 2020s were on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, Fleabag, still one of my favorite shows of all time. And it's only like nine episodes total. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Tales from the Loop, very cool show. Yeah, that came out when that came out just last year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, there was this golfing show. It was a story about following this kid who is growing up, right. uh, working at a uh, probably a country club. Country, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the word I was using. Country club in like the '80s, mm-hmm. and it was this really good show that lasted like three or four seasons. It was one of the first mm-hmm. shows that got picked up and put on Amazon, yeah. and it's already over. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, but then I have like marvelous, marvelous Mrs. Maisel that 
the moment it gets announced that a new episode is on, like I have to watch it that night that it comes out. But again, that's I was, one of those shows that I, w- I keep wanting to watch, but I just keep forgetting. Well, to yeah, watch you it. forget so, it's there. So when one you're of the one of the problems stuff. You're like when I watch more Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. What else is on Hulu? It's not just that though. Maybe we live in a watch society where maybe we, we watch something HBO. It's not where we're not going to actively start to try and find these new shows. Mm-hmm. We have a problem with um, where. We can suggest new shows to the fucking end of time to people. Mm-hmm. We can be like, this show has this amazing actors in it. Here's all these great plot lines and stuff. But people are always going to go to these um, wish fulfillment shows. Mm-hmm. We're going to fall into watching cooking programs. We're going to fall into watching our uh, people uh, making uh, home re- redecorating programs. Mm-hmm. Or I feel so called um, out right now. <laughs> I was calling myself out with the home redecorating <laughs> shit. So yeah, yeah, For me, it's essays about video games and um, uh, social justice. But I'm right there We're with you. We're not even with those. I mean, those originally are new things that are coming out. And in most cases, we are watching, and this is for, I mean we, the majority of oh, yeah. Americans are re-watching old programs mm-hmm. in the background that they have seen multiple times instead of actively paying attention to something new because new is weird and requires you to pay attention. Mm-hmm. We have also, we're all really exhausted mentally yes. right now. And that can keep us always connected when we're feeling exhausted. We can sit there and check our shit where we're going to be constantly, mm-hmm. constantly more exhausted because now we're going to be looking at Twitter right. while we're watching, air quotes, a uh, people rebuilding yeah. a house in the background while you're thinking about all these other things. You're never stopping and singularly work looking at things. When you're watching your videos about social justice and shit, you're generally putting your phone down and going, what am I going to learn? Mm-hmm. When you're watching these wish fulfillment shows, which is what the majority of people are getting and what a lot of these packages are coming with the Food Network stuff that are... And I do agree Food Network should have its own fucking streaming platform <laughs> because, fuck, I want to watch so much of it. These... Um, and they, where the History Channel has turned into these watch my 16 year old be pregnant shows Mm -hmm. it's we get stuck in these couch moments where we cannot escape the we have to have our phone on and just a thing mindlessly going on in the background instead of stopping and actually looking for good entertainment Mm -hmm. and good artwork that is worth our time and our investment which is i I personally feel a detriment to everybody else because if you don't, if you feel your time is only worth fucking off and watching that and not doing anything else, then cool. But I think people should maybe just decide to set aside a little bit more time to try something new, like these new shows mm-hmm. that we keep suggesting all the time. Guys, yeah. just do it. Just fucking have, do it. <laughs> I have a really good example of what you're saying that should lead us into our next point. Um, recently, I went to go visit my mom. We watched WandaVision. I talked about that last week. I also gave her access to my Hulu account. And fortunately, she stumbled upon The Handmaid's Tale. Hmm. Um, she started it from the beginning, and she was talking to me about um, the show. And she's like, have you seen this show? Can you believe it? This is like... This hits way too close to home. And as we're going through the conversation, she's like, I had to stop. I was like, how far did you get? She's like, second episode. I was like, yep, that's that, that's that's the cast. You, you can do mm-hmm. two episodes at a time at the most. Yeah. Then you really need to take a break. And you need to remember that. And she's like, I don't know when I'm going to turn it back on. And two days later, she's like, I watched two more episodes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. But the what you're pointing out is just fatigue. My <laughs> mother... Right now, she's getting ready to retire. She's, you know, in what... Your mother is a beautiful human being, She is. She's a wonderful person. Yeah. She's just about to get ready to retire. 
and she works at a correctional facility as an HR manager, right? Which um, is like the worst thing. It is. She is a is front row and center to a lot of human misery and injustice literally every single day. But she does it to collect a paycheck so she can get to the right age where she's allowed to retire without any bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. And she just she just has her last job and she's doing it. But when she goes home, most of the time, she has her TV on. And it's just on in the background. She's not watching it. Mm. She's letting it make noise behind her while she goes about her day. So when she sits down to watch TV, some, it, most of the time, it's like an episode of NCIS she's seen 300 times. Mm. But every once in a while, she'll do what Tony wants. She, she'll, she'll put on something challenging, something interesting, something she hasn't seen before because she's looking for something new. And... A lot of us are looking for that experience, but we're looking for something tailored directly to us. And when we don't find it, instead, we default to our cooking shows mm-hmm. or for me, someone's take on Property a movie Brothers. I've already seen. Oh, my God. Property yeah. Brothers. Or for, for me, <laughs> there's this really great YouTube show called Audit the Audit, where a guy talks about auditors, police interaction. An auditor is someone who interacts with the police for the purpose of critiquing their performance on the job. It's a citizen who holds it upon themselves to hold the police accountable and get it on film and post it for, to YouTube. For me, it's game developers talking about game development. Yeah, and I love that. I have a whole playlist of just GDC talks. Yeah. It's great. So, like, this is what we default to when we don't need to a thousand percent pay attention to something, but we really need to have something on right now so that mm. we don't feel alone with our horrible thoughts. But this leads us into this problem where when we talk about Amazon mm-hmm. and we talk about the shows on Amazon, we don't have we don't talk about shows on Amazon having the engagement level that something like Handmaid's Tale has, right? Yes. Right. We we do talk about that be- now because of The Boys and Invincible, mm-hmm. but also those are niche shows. Think about that. Right. Those are superhero shows. While yes, superhero shows are trending back up mm-hmm. because you know we're, we're ready for superheroes again they're both dark superhero shows which are kind of really in vogue right now but that being said everything else on amazon we don't think about right and this is this is what i was leading up to when we're talking about amazon buying mgm um i remember very very well the career of anthony bourdain because i followed him very closely i loved mm-hmm. him read all of his books um, I just loved his style and everything that he did. He started on the Food Network, making really interesting travel shows, that meeting people where they are, talking to them about their political situations and enjoying their food. And then the Food Network got bought by a bigger company and they were like, we want barbecue shows and we want beer. And he's like, I don't do barbecue and I don't do beer. I go to Sri Lanka and I talk to a monk about how he's being oppressed and then we eat a vegetarian meal together. Yeah. Like, that's what I do. And they're like, no, I don't like it. You're going to do barbecue shows. And he's like, I'm the fuck out. Going to the Travel Channel. Then Mm -hmm. he had a very great career doing exactly the show he wanted on the Travel Channel for about five years. Then the Travel Channel got bought. And they were like, you know what's popular? Fucking barbecue shows and beer. And he's like, I don't do barbecue shows and beer. I go to Sri Lanka. You know what? CNN... Y- y'all were talking to me like, I, can, can I just let's just, and, he, and then he was on CNN mm-hmm. and this is what happens when channels and streaming services and media gets bought by bigger people. Bigger people mean bigger paychecks and bigger paychecks mean people who are more interested in protecting their money than making something of value. So when we talk about Amazon conglomerating a bunch of services together, when we talk about all of our services, Netflix, HBO Max, everyone has a little bit of an acquisition from someone somewhere. And every time they do this, they're trying to make that thing more popular, Hmm. not better. And Amazon wants to become more popular because they now have James Bond. Right. And they also 
Bezos has got to get more Hobbit. He has to get more Tolkien shit, and yeah. getting the rights to the Hobbit movies is going to make him have a, mm-hmm. a more Hobbit. Because they are working on the the Lord, the Lord of the Rings yeah, series. He, they they want to have that brand integration. To be fair, and... they've been working on that for like four and a half years. Yeah, I don't I mean, know if that's ever happening or what. We haven't seen so much as a on-set photo. At some point, I, I feel... I don't even know next, if they've filmed anything. Maybe in seven years, we're just going to get like this deluge like a tsunami wave of just nothing but lord of the rings stuff like the mmo will come out they'll have 17 (laughs) series will come out out. we'll have the the two new movies we'll have we'll have the unreleased books will show up because fucking bezos made it fucking happen cimmerillion 2 we just used our bezos money and resurrected fucking tolkien and forced him to write he's our slave We'll finally maybe get like a five second uh, uh, Tom Bombadil show up in one of them. Yeah, that would be the best thing to come out of that because, man, I couldn't get through the Cimmerillion one. So, like, yeah. get, telling me there's a sequel, it just, just. I don't like, want the Bible, too. Bible one is yeah, bad Bible enough. Bible one was hard. Book of Mormon part two? No, I, thank no, you. I disagree. <laughs> we, Jews in Space was supposed to happen for the Bible part two. I. Mel that Brooks be, talked that be, about this. That is true. That would be yeah, very exciting. Space was supposed to happen. Yep. I, I would watch. I would trust anything Mel Brooks has. So, yeah. so I think that one of the Fish points that I, that I need to kind of get to here is that this idea that Amazon is going to be acquiring MGM is nothing new. Again, we talked last week about um, this merger between AT&T and what's going on with Discovery, them taking the Warner Media stuff and moving yes, it over that AT&T way. AT&T couldn't handle the property. So what we have here is this equation where a couple of years oh, ago, we said, that. all right, Everybody needs to start their own independent streaming service. Mm-hmm. You should do that because that's how you're going to make your money. Right. And at some point, the big ones got big and the small ones kept being small. So mm-hmm. Hulu grew, uh, Netflix grew, um, and that's it. Yeah. And now we have all these other variables. pretending it's relevant. All these variable ones that are hiding in the background, like AMC, like the CW, like all this stuff that are kind of out there in the void that kind of have their CBS own apps. CBS All Access. Right. The smaller ones that have contracts with other places. Right. Where, like, mm-hmm. in... To get their media on yeah. other formats. I mean, fuck guys. After the they get their own done. streaming yeah. Right. Platform. And you so now we have them. these bigger platforms like Hulu coming in and buying up the little guys. Mm-hmm. Now, this is great because that means more content on the platforms that we like. Yes. Um, which is a, a absolutely 110% about. But this is very reminiscent of something that still exists, but primarily existed like 15 years ago. And that's cable television. Yeah, the, the cable packages, right? There was a time for all of the young people watching us, which I know were super relevant. The um, There was a time when you had to get TV through a cable in your wall. And the only way to do that was to either pick up a signal coming literally out of the air from a TV tower or get a cable plugged into your home that brought you a package of television. A package of television that you could pay for that was customized to you. And expensive as fuck. Yeah, you're talking like a cell phone bill. You're talking one to $200 a month. And for that, you got 50 channels mm. to start. And you could go up to, if I remember right, like 200, 250. Now we're talking about channels that stream whatever the fuck they want, 24 hours a day. If you tune to that channel, you're watching whatever's on. Yep. And there's like 50 of those. And you know what happens when you scroll through 50 different varieties of what's on right now? You don't find fucking anything to watch. Mm -hmm. And everyone knew that. So what we all did by about the time everyone at this table was in high school is we all just started stealing our TV, guys. Yep. 
We stole the shit out of it. We you wanted know to why? watch what we wanted to watch yeah. when we wanted to watch it. Right. Cable TV was too expensive, but everyone wanted to watch Game of Thrones. Cable TV was too expensive, but everyone, wanted to, but everyone wanted to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Everyone wanted to watch Breaking Bad. Everyone wanted to watch, I mean, shit, way before that. Everyone wanted to watch The X-Files. Mm. Everyone wanted to watch Scrubs. I mean... I know these these, these, shows these were we, shows you needed cable TV to watch, and no one was paying for cable. I was so poor my freshman year of college. I could, I mean, I had like a thousand dollar TV, but I was a stupid kid who was in debt. Like because you took out a student loan, bought a thousand dollar TV. Exactly. I wasn't about to pay for cable, but what I could do was get on the internet, find a way to steal that TV show, which was super fucking easy, by the way, mm. and watch entire seasons of it that I hadn't watched. And somewhere along the way, Netflix figured out. Oh, someone will pay us and we can just do that and they won't have to like get on a bunch of different shady ass websites. Mm -hmm. he, so, yes, cable packages and when streamers conglomerate, we, we worry that they're about to be like, oh, you want our streaming service? You can pay for this section or this section or this section and they're all different prices. Do you want just sports? We got a sports package. No one wants just sports. Mm -hmm. Do you want just thrillers and horror? We have that package. No, we just want a, 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 a collection of fucking media that we can sift through. And we would really... Well, that's essentially what this is, though. ...really love it to be all in one place. It is for now. Well, no, and that, that's what we're getting with this deal and most right. of these deals right now is buying sections of media to where we're not getting cable packages. We're getting media empires. Do you want to be able to watch these movies... Counterpoint. Whenever they do the licensing between each other, no, you can watch now. them each other. Okay. Now. You can buy Amazon Prime right now by okay. just ha buying Amazon Prime. You get your free shipping, etc. Mm. You get Prime Video with it. Every time you look up a movie on Amazon Prime that is not available on Amazon Prime, but on another streaming service, Amazon Prime will present it to you with a little dollar sign on it. And if you click on it, they'll be like, hey, with your Amazon Prime subscription, you can also get a, a CBS All Access and watch, you know, fucking Star Trek Picard right now. Mm -hmm. It's an extra $7 a month. Mm-hmm. And you'll get all CBS All Access. Oh, you want to watch any of the Karate Kid movies because the Karate Kid show is on Netflix? Cool. You can watch it here on Amazon Prime. But you're going to need AMC's streaming service, and that is $9 a month. You can mm. get it okay, right now and stream about. all these movies. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you yeah. to forget you're subscribed to all these services for all this bullshit that you just really wanted one title for. Mm -hmm. Same thing cable packages have always done. You know, in that case, yes, it is very similar to that. What I'm saying is with this Amazon purchase, mm -hmm. if it does go through and it's going to, and it's because it's massively overpaying for something yeah. that nobody else wants. Yeah. It's housing market and yeah. and yeah. levels if, of money. If I had a house worth $100,000 and someone mm -hmm. offered me four for it, I would be like, here's the keys. <laughs> yep. Deuce. Welcome, yes. welcome, welcome to Austin. That's Bye. exactly what we're doing. Yeah, that's literally Actually, so if I had a house and I, was, I paid $100,000 for important somebody offered me $400,000, I'd be like, cool, that guy got me a hundred or 1.5 million fuck you yeah that's also Just, true yeah. that's actually austin right that's, now yeah. that's austin so, so it's worth a hundred thousand and i listed it for 400 and i'm gonna need 20 percent over asking yeah. yeah just to start anyway the housing market sucks here but yeah yeah don't try to live please don't come please to don't, austin don't come there's to literally austin. nowhere to live there's nowhere to yeah. live just yeah but yeah, the, the cable packaging thing and the, yeah, the we're getting the, to these um, the conglomeration of streaming services really does worry me. This is why I've always been so pro Netflix because as a company, if you look them up, if you look up their culture, what they're doing and what they're acquiring, mostly 
And I'm not saying they're a good company. I don't think any company that big can be good in air quotes. Mm -hmm. But they try and create their own content. They make it available to everyone around the world. They don't fuck with you for sharing your accounts. And they don't care if you use a VPN to access their shit in other countries. Yeah. They're just like, please watch everything on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Please do that. I mean, they definitely All of the care. Other- they st- they've definitely done their strides to stop people from sharing their accounts. A little they bit. They actively don't want people to use VPNs. Yes, but these are <laughs> these are pirate code. This is very much guidelines, not rules. They've yeah. never banned anyone for having five other people streaming on the same account at the same they time. Just make it where they can't do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I can yeah. still do it now. Well, no, what I'm saying is they, they yes, but they they're not going out of their way to punish the people who are paying them. Right. Because right. they would rather people just keep paying them. Yeah. Right. And and so you see other companies like cracking down on this a little bit or not if they're doing it the smart way. And mm. I love that on Disney Plus, I can also get all my Marvel stuff. And I love that mm. on Hulu, I can get all my Fox stuff. And on Netflix, I can get all the crazy ass Netflix stuff that they are just pulling out of their ass. Mm. That every once in a while, it's just on a worldwide awesome. level. There is some oh, yeah. weird shit I keep finding. I just want to throw this out there real quick as we're kind of talking about these bigger corporations like pulling these smaller companies. Mm. I think I need to go put some stock in Shutter real quick. Yeah, yeah. So I have a feeling, honestly, like somebody's Shutter gonna is... grab Shutter here soon. I would be so sad if someone bought Shutter because it means I wouldn't be able to sign into the Shutter app anymore. And I yeah. love signing into the Shutter app. No, no, Shutter they as make a smaller so service fun. is going to stick around because it's a niche. So. It's niche. Yeah. But I think that's, I think that's the reason that people to want, want to. That's yeah. the thing is I thought that's why somebody was trying to acquire them. It was like, we're going to take your niche. We're going to keep your company the way that it is. We're just going to have it with us. Yeah, I would love that. If I got to like go to the Amazon or Netflix section uh, that is Shutter mm. and just like have that there, that would be amazing. So that's the thing is we know it as Shutter and we like it for that. But if it's acquired and put onto something like that, it will get lost in the giant pile of we're acquiring everybody. And now I, I do have to. I, do, I, I want to point out here real quick mm-hmm. that we, uh, even in this course of this this discourse that we're having about this, are in fact being hypocrites a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say this is because we've had the same conversation a year ago where we were like, there are too many apps out there. True. We should have more condensed apps. Mm-hmm. But now we're kind of on the other side of the fence. And this is the hypocrite. Us being hypocritical is not a saying that we are wrong. Mm-hmm. Just because they want a we universal are, game are, launcher doesn't we, mean I, everybody shouldn't have their ability to get paid for their own work. Right. right. We, are, we are saying that we now see both sides of it. Right. We now mm-hmm. we are now on the other side of the fence going, OK, they really are going to only having three or four different companies. What does that mean? Does that mean right. higher? Does that mean higher prices? Does that mean that we'll be paying these two hundred dollar cable package prices for, yeah. you know, Amazon Prime? I mean, like. This also comes down to like the, the, the when you come when you're selling studios mm-hmm. and entire intellectual property and locking it into one company is different. This is the Marvel. This is this, this Disney buying Marvel. Right. Disney buying Lucas. Yeah. This is Amazon buying MGM mm-hmm. and the MGM Empire. Yeah. This is a lot of properties going back a lot of time that will now be under the control of Amazon. What does this mean for independent movie theater owners who want to run really cool independent fucking classics that are part of MGM's back catalog? Because they ran into a huge problem because Disney doesn't want to release a bunch of those movies that Fox put out a bunch of years ago that are problematic like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm -hmm. They know they straight up don't want it. They they actively have been trying to limit the number of movies that are allowed to be released and they actually will say, no, they Disney vault a bunch of the fucking movies yep, and go, yep. no, we're just straight up not going to allow anybody to have these on any other streaming platform 
any ability to see them in theaters anymore. Mm -hmm. They will no longer exist outside of when we want you to see them. Mm -hmm. So when giant companies start buying up all these properties and saying, yeah, it's not just also that we want to just make more Rocky movies mm -hmm. because now that we own Rocky, we get the really awesome Creed movies because they definitely yeah. want to get on that shit because Creed's uh, yeah. going to go on like the Rocky movies. I hope so. <laughs> so fucking good. Like, oh my God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I'm right there with you. And I feel like the only way, and you're right, like w the more we conglomerate things, and we've talked about this show since before, we, we talked about it on the show since before episode 200, there's a really big problem when a big companies buy the rights to a bunch of things all at once and then sit on the rights to like a single property because they don't see any love or money in it. Right. Or any fan base for it. And then a bunch of us are sitting down here going, we want that. Mm -hmm. we, we would love that. Please stop sitting on that and just putting it in a Hulu, basement. Hulu got stuck with that with Community. Mm -hmm. Community was in, uh, whenever they got Community, it was right after they had just, they just bought over the Yahoo properties. Oh, they yeah. had finished season six. They didn't really want to deal with it. They didn't know what the fuck to do with it. They didn't have a team. They didn't know what to do. They didn't have like another mm -hmm. season going. They didn't have a movie plan for it. So they just let it sit on their service in the background doing nothing. Yeah. The rights switched to Netflix. Yep. Netflix went, Fuck, people like community. Wait, people like Dan <laughs> Harmon because Rick and Morty here had the thing that he made and they pushed it on everybody's fucking shit. Yep. And now community has this giant reinvigoration and is possibly getting his movie made God. because Rick and it was a really, really weird well, moment. And now we've got community. Yeah, this there was a really weird moment where we were all having dinner over at our place. Uh, it was me, our friend Aaron, Tony sitting around, like dinners being made. We're talking about stuff, and the the topic of community came up, and it was like, uh, like I think I had mentioned, like, yeah, I'm rewatching Community, and she was like, yeah, I'm rewatching it too, and Tony was like, yeah, I just finished rewatching it, and there was like this weird moment, which is like, wow, we really all like nobody talked about this. I rewatched just, it in 2020, which is like, all right, I guess we all just well. needed that, and there we were, because yeah. like, they they knew how to market and promote it and put it on the front page and do that thing. Um, which is something that not everything yeah, it was because yeah. it was because Hulu didn't know what to do with it mm -hmm. and Netflix is when you want to see what everybody else is doing for streaming wars look at what Netflix is doing right now everybody else is going to be doing it in a few years yeah, Netflix right now is catering to very niche markets on every individual level mm -hmm. they're like there's this huge thing for 20 something women uh, between 25 and 30 that love Korean dramas in America mm -hmm. right yeah do you know how many fucking Korean dramas are ne are now on Netflix oh, because yeah. of that market? Oh, like my so many, but there's my, so my many, there's family, so many good Korean dramas. My Spanish speaking family down in the Rio Grande Valley. Every time I go down there and I see their Netflix, I'm like, what the fuck is all of this? What is this? All of these shows are in Spanish and Italian, and they're all either from Europe or Brazil. And this one's in Portuguese. I've watched and so many Portuguese all shows. Really now. interesting crime dramas or like really like in depth shows about like for me for me it's that like, i've watched all the horror on netflix so now it's like here's all the foreign horror by the way yeah now that you've gotten through all the english horror, like the, 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 let me recommend all the foreign horror to you mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah. sure i'll eat that shit netflix because i just watched the fourth season of dracula and then rewatched the first three seasons is like oh here's all the anime like mm. literally every anime we have oh, you've been, yeah you, you went through all of castlevania and then we're just like here here's just like every fucking yeah. anime that's one of the is. problems with trying yeah. to curate your own netflix list mm. and this is why whenever somebody comes over i'm like cool you're we're getting on the guest account because i can't have you on mine no because you're going to want to suggest something and it's going to fuck up the way my it, it algorithm exists algorithm. Yeah. and i do not like my algorithm getting fucked up because i don't care <laughs> 
Because it's going to hey. suggest some stupid shit that has nothing to do with, like, for, like, the next yeah. six months. I love, I, love that Tony, I love that Tony's opinion about the algorithm is, like, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory being like, that's my spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just don't, a don't, go, don't no, do it. No, it's the same with fucking YouTube. There's I have this... fucking four different YouTube accounts for different <laughs> moods based on interest levels of different subjects. Okay, that sounds really tiring. That is exhausting. Yeah, it's entirely dependent on, do I want to watch shit about the history of different filmmaking stuff? Do I want to watch people doing craft things? Like, do I want to watch... You've this? curated your own yes. curated list. I, yeah. I, I can because respect that. if you yeah. have all this mixed mash bullshit, yeah. you get stuck in this, what do I want to watch loop of, yeah. oh, I don't know what I want to watch. No, I switch this account. I fucking click on that thing because it's new. And that account has the new thing on it. Yeah. I don't want the old bullshit because the old bullshit is fucking old. The new shit is new. New is better than old. Old is bad. Okay. Kay. That aside, we <laughs> need to, what movie that we need to wind this whole thing down. We've been going on for a while. We need mm-hmm. to rein this back into Amazon and MGM. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the main discourse that we're having here is about larger uh, conglomerations uh, grabbing these other studios and what they're going to be doing with in the future. Uh, again, I want to go back to that reference of Warner Brothers and Disney or not Disney Discovery mm. uh, getting their merger going through this week now yeah. we have Amazon and MGM going on what does this mean for the future of streaming and should we be worried in this case no because this isn't really dealing with streaming I'm sorry like that's it, 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 wait, what they're getting from this isn't the the same level like I can't it's apples and oranges I can't compare the two because mm. one is a Production studio, they're just, they're two separate things. One's, one was already a conglomerate. I mean, MGM's already was a conglomerate for a long time, mm-hmm. but it it feels like they're two separate things. And when it comes to the streaming part, when it, adding these things to Amazon, we already were okay with that. We were we wanted to have a logical database where we can have all these things where we can go to Amazon and it says, hey, do I want to watch this thing? Oh shit, well they have access to it. Now I don't have to go click on somebody else's shit and I don't have to go pay more money because they have it and they're the ones that are assholes that bring up the uh, the price of other people's stuff mm-hmm. no one Hulu does on the subscriptions Netflix isn't being like hey come join our other stuff yeah, no, Shudder isn't like oh Netflix no we don't have thing. that but it's on scary.com nobody nobody's fucking doing that only Amazon's doing that so the idea that Amazon is getting this catalog is more shit that I now don't have to see a dollar sign next to True. and and if they're gonna overpay for it so he can listen to fucking Trump be racist then I'm okay with it. That would be awesome. Uh, Hector, yeah. what do you think? I'm not sure we should be worried just because, and I say this because the grass is green right now, but we are a little bit in an absolute golden age of streaming and television and movies, by the way. I was going to make this comment earlier when we talked about um, the cool shit coming to HBO Max and movie form, mm-hmm. was that I like much more the idea that HBO Max is releasing their own straight to HBO Max movies for projects that might have never gotten made, yeah. like, I don't know, Another Evil Dead or something like that. Sure. Because no one would really set in theaters. They would expect it to do, you know, medium to bad. Mm-hmm. But on HBO Max, yeah, it's probably worthwhile. Netflix has been doing this for years. Uh, true. If you told it's me about sure another, if you, if you, if you, not going to go to theaters, it's only going to be on. If you told me about a new evil, if you told me about a new Evil Dead movie, I'd be like, I don't know. I watched Ash versus the Evil Dead. I don't want to go to the theaters and watch that. Yes, exactly. But you tell me it's on HBO Max, and, and I'm it, like. And I like that much more for HBO Max than them doing, you know, like, oh, here you can watch Tenet and Wonder Woman 1984. And not because both of those movies were a little bad, but because... Well, one of those was horrible. But because both of those movies, despite what you think about them, 
deserve to be seen in a theater. Sure. Yeah. So bringing them to HBO Max was a little bit of a COVID conceit, but it's something like you said, like an Evil Dead. Like I'm not going to go to the movie theater for that. I'm going to watch all the Marvel shit in the movie theaters, mm-hmm. but I'll absolutely stream it on HBO Max, and it'll make right. me glad I'm paying for HBO Max. That's true. So right now, I don't know. Like, yeah, Amazon buying no more stuff makes me a little bit nervous, but at the same time, I'm just going to turn on Amazon and do stuff. You know what would make me nervous if I heard that it was AMC who bought MGM or if it was, you know, CBS All Access that bought MGM. I'd be like, I really don't want to buy another streaming service. Right. And maybe that's, again, a little hypocritical, but... I don't know. Right now, I think like I, I, I feel just, like we're in a really good place. I think that the reason I wanted to have this discussion is because you know originally we did talk about there are too many streaming services. Now we're getting the condensed this is licensing wars, not streaming right. services. We're getting right? yeah, we're getting into licensing who wars. Has what content? Right. Right. Not we're getting to the where we're getting at. to the point where companies like look up and go like I can't compete with that. Let's see what else. Right. What, but what other way? But one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up and have this discussion is that I feel like a year from now mm-hmm. we could be having a very much different discussion. Agreed. Depending yeah. on who acquires who over the next year because that's all we're hearing about right now is acquisitions left and right mm-hmm. whether it be in the video game industry whether it be in the movie industry or the television industry everybody's mm-hmm. acquiring everybody yeah i watched a movie trailer today just just to uh, uh, expand on your point that had a ubisoft logo in front of it and mm-hmm. it was not a ubisoft property movie mm-hmm. they had just kind of i guess gave a studio some money to make a movie and it's a weird and i thought it was what you were talking about when you mentioned the steinbeck thing because it's a weird horror movie that's a half comedy about werewolves oh yeah, yeah. No, that was not it no it, it was not the same thing but yeah that was a thing and i saw a ubisoft logo in front of it. I was like why did i just see a ubisoft logo in front of a movie trailer but yeah consolidation it's happening everywhere and i, I, I that makes me nervous mm-hmm. i played enough Shadowrun to know where this is going exactly <laughs> Or for those of you who played Cyberpunk 2099, yeah. that's also a thing. Uh, I've just been watching too much Utopia, and it's just watching these giant empires grasping at straws, trying to hold on for the next 50 years before they realize that none of this is going to be worth anything. Oh, that doesn't sound familiar at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on that cheerful note, we should wrap up the show. Uh, that is everything that we have for the show this week. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, want to talk to us about any things that we've talked about on this episode, Tony, where can they find us? Info at goodnight.gg is our email address we have at gngcast is our twitter mm-hmm. and that's the same thing with our facebook you know, facebook.com slash gngcast uh it's the same thing everywhere if you want to uh support us just head over to goodnight.gg where it just forwards over to our patreon page if you go to the silly nerd page i think that also now none of those things redirect why are things not redirecting? They, we'll figure it out. They that, will okay, soon. That's part of that's that's on me having dealing with the uh, redirects. Redirects are annoying and a pain in the ass. It's always DNS. Yeah, that it's I get DNS. to go deal with DNS after this if they're not redirecting correctly. Thank mm-hmm. you. For, and now we know how my night will go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done now. Cool. That's everything that we have for the show this week. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you. We appreciate you being on the journey as we uh, evolve the show into a different direction. And I'm hoping that you're having a good time with us. But until next time, for Tony, this is James. For James, this is Tony. And I'm Hector. Good night. And good game.